Hello, my friends. Thank you so much for joining me for this podcast. I am Rick Thomas. You're listening to the Life Over Coffee podcast. This is episode 324. The title of this episode is Preparing Our Legacy to Minister to the Next Generation. Now, I trust that this will be a fun podcast, an encouraging podcast. For those of you who are doing ministry, it may be an instructive podcast as you think about your own ministry. And as you get older, uh, you will start thinking about how this ministry, your ministry, can perpetuate to the next generation because I'm sure that you love what you do and you would love for it to have legs, that it can continue on beyond the grave. Well, that's how I think, and I have always thought this way because I love what I do. I love sharing the practical message of Jesus Christ. Always have since he regenerated me in 1984. In fact, sometimes people have asked me, when are you going to retire? And my answer is always the same. I have no intentions of retiring. If I were to retire, I would do some version of what I'm doing now. I realize I'm in a fortunate position There are people who should retire, and they plan to retire, and they look forward to it. I don't want you to feel guilt or shame because of what I'm saying here. I just happen to be in a job, in a position to be able to minister to people. Uh, If I were doing widgets on the production line, I'm sure, in fact, I know that I would think, be planning for a day, thinking of a day when I can stop doing that so I can position myself more effectively to tell people about Christ. And I most definitely would retire if I were in that type of situation. But the way things have worked out over the past 13 years, I have uh, been in a position to tell people about Christ, the practical message, and I want to extend that. I never want to stop helping people to love God and love others most of all. Well, we have been doing that since 2008 in this ministry. God has blessed it. It has impacted many lives. We have hundreds of testimonies of people that would affirm that. So I know that we're on the right path, and I want to continue to do it. And so I'm not going to retire. That's not my intention. But I want the ministry to go beyond that. When the Lord decides to take me home, I would love for this ministry to continue on into the future. One of the reasons for that is because of my private, personal, unspoken mission statement, which some of you know. My personal mission statement is to take the practical message of Christ to every human on the planet. Now, that is an ambitious mission statement. I want every human on the planet, I I want to reach them. I want to tell them about the practical message of Christ, either through evangelism, you must be born again, or for those who have been regenerated, I want them to hear how to continue to mature in their sanctification. Now, that is my mission statement. And because it is so enormous, I know that I can't accomplish it in my lifetime. I can't accomplish it even if I choose not to retire. I have to be thinking how this ministry can continue on beyond the grave. And that's what I want to talk about in this this episode. This is episode 324, 
preparing our legacy to minister to the next generation. Now, I want to hit some highlights of of what I'm going to share with you, or I'm going to hit the highlights of the show notes here of episode 324. But if you want to read the skeletal outline that I'm sharing with you now, then I would encourage you to go to our website, episode 324, and you can read a little more detail of what I'm sharing with you through this podcast. And so hit episode 324, and you can read a little bit more. Also, if you want to talk to me about this episode, you're welcome to do that by going on our interactive forums, which are free to you. If you're not a supporter of our ministry, we have free community forums where you can chat with me and our team about whatever's on your mind. But if you want to talk about this legacy episode 324, you're welcome uh, to talk about that as well. And so in this podcast, I want to share with you a change that we are about to make in our ministry that is going to position us to continue this mission and also continue this mission after I'm gone. Now, I don't have a death wish, and some of you who enjoy our resources might be thinking, well, are you planning on going somewhere? No, I have no plans whatsoever. I hope to be here for another 25 or 35 years if God permits me to be here physically and also mentally. And if that's true, I'm going to continue to churn out resources. But again, wisdom would say that we don't want to presume we don't have tomorrow. We don't know if we have tomorrow. And and so what we want to do is while we have today, We want to think about how we can extend the good things that God is working through us that other people are benefiting from. How can we extend that? And so I'm not going anywhere, but uh, at the same time, I want to uh, share with you some of the things that we're working on behind the scenes so that we can perpetuate this ministry long into the future after the Lord decides or after the Lord takes me home. Now, with that in mind, in late 2020, we formed a team to start planning our legacy ministry. And the question is, what do we need to do to continue this ministry after the Lord takes me home? And I want to share with you where we are today uh, in that process. We are in process. We have been talking about this actively Uh, We have been doing a lot of work behind the scenes for the past six or seven months, and I want to bring you up to speed with where we are. Now, I am 62 years old, and so I am officially an older person. I am starting to get get coupons. I get discounts at Chick-fil-A and the Goodwill uh, stores, and there's other places. And so thank God for being older. Thank God for being older because, well, you would assume that you have more wisdom as well. But with that, I know that, that my days are more limited than they have been in the past. Old people will die. Young people may die. And so, again, not without I don't want to, to come uh, at you with so much more morbid thinking, but it is true. Old people will die. Young people may die. And we don't want to presume and just assume that we can you know, live forever. And so the question then arises, 
Well, when is the best time to start thinking about, start planning, start implementing a legacy plan? Should I start today to think about how to perpetuate this ministry beyond my lifetime? Or should I wait five years from now when I'm 67 years old? Or maybe 10 years from now when I'm 72 years old? Well, as I was thinking about that question, it just seemed like the wisest thing for us to do. And I did borrow brains on this. I'm not just Uh, working as a Lone Ranger here. As I said, we have formed a team that is helping us to walk through uh, this process. But that was really the question. Should I start today at 62 or or start five to 10 years from now when I'm 67 or 72? Well, I don't know what I'm going to be like when I'm 67 or 72, and I know what I am like today. And so we decided that This is the best time because I have the mental clarity. I also have the physical ability to make whatever changes that are necessary that we need to make so that we can position this ministry in the most effective way to continue to do what we're doing now. Now, as I get into this, just let me give you a a quick skipping the rock across the pond overview of how our ministry has evolved uh, since 2008. And the verse that comes to mind is that we make our plans and, and God orders our steps. In 2008, when I started this ministry, I thought that I would be counseling forever. That's what I thought. That's what I had been doing for more than a decade. That's all I knew to do. That's what people knew about me. When I talk to people or people meet me, they would say, how's counseling going and how's it going? Uh, And as they were asking me counseling type questions, because that was my life. And so I thought that, well, I can start a website that would be supplemental to the counseling that I'm doing in real time and space. And so I would meet with a person and then I can write blog posts as well, and then I can send them these articles, which would be supplemental to their counseling. It would help them and and keep them engaged in the change process. And so I started this website supplementally to the counseling and the counseling that I was going to do forever. Well, then around 2010, two years later, uh, there were requests that started coming in for training. Do you do training? Well, then we started the Mastermind program, which we have been operating for more than a decade. And then in 2015, here we are seven years later, and uh, a seeing impaired man from Atlanta wrote me and asked if I would consider putting my articles in audio because he had a hard time reading them. He was mostly, mostly blind. And so I started podcasting six years ago in 2015. Well, also at that time, uh, it became apparent that I could no longer counsel uh, anymore because I had two full-time jobs. I was counseling full-time and operating a ministry, a training organization. I was writing articles. I was producing podcasts, and we were fielding questions all over the place. We we had forums by that time as well. And so I was very busy in this ministry, as you know it today, and I could no longer keep up with the counseling request. And so in 2015, I stopped counseling altogether. 
In 2018, we started publishing paperback books. We had been publishing digital ebooks for a while. And then in 2019, we discontinued counseling altogether, and that was two years ago. We had graduates of our mastermind program who were doing counseling for us, but the ministry continued to grow, and so we moved them over to a supervisory role in our mastermind program and just stopped counseling, one-on-one counseling altogether two years ago. And then in 2020, when COVID hit, we decided that we would take a more serious plunge into video production. Our family was at home. We were sheltering in place like you were. And so how could we best redeem the time It was only 15 days to flatten the curve, but as you know, it had turned into something that none of us ever thought, but we decided that we would use that time to start producing videos, even though we were doing them all along. I've been producing videos for years, but in 2020, we had a lot of time on our hands where we could really focus, and since then, we have produced somewhere between 150 and 200 videos in the past year. And so we're deep into video production, along with podcasting, writing articles, books, and so forth, mastermind program, online forums, etc. Now we're in 2021, and our ministry is as settled as it's ever been. We are a firmly settled ministry. We know who we are. We know what we're supposed to do. We have the team in place. There's 12 of us right now. We have a a nice website that works very well, and we're continuing to evolve it. But we are a settled ministry, and things are going very well from a ministry perspective. And so because we are settled, we are in a beautiful place. We are in the right place to now start thinking about how to position the ministry for that inevitable day when I get promoted and I get to go to heaven. Now, as you know, our ministry methodology, uh, I'll I'll just mention that briefly uh, because that is important to what we do. When we started the ministry in 08, this term that many of you have heard me use before is called the redemptive use of technology. There is an echo of omnipresence in technology, which means that from Greenville, South Carolina, I have been all over the world today. As I'm doing this podcast, I am in many different places at the same time. Technology allows you to do that. It allows you to have a global reach, and you never have to go to any of those places, and that's the echo of omnipresence. That's in technology. And so when I was thinking about the ministry in 08, this term redemptive use of technology, which I did not create, I'm not sure where I heard it or who coined it, but I liked it when I heard it and I thought, yes, there can be redemptive purposes in technology. And that's why I started writing those blog articles to supplement the counseling that I was doing. Now, what I did not factor in is that There is a redemptive use of technology and an echo of omnipresence, and these articles can go somewhere. 
And it's not just theory, but it's actually in practice. And so our ministry began to take off. And so we have a minimalistic ministry. And what I mean by that is it doesn't cost a lot for us to do what we do. There aren't a lot of materials. And I'm comparing that to brick and mortar. We don't have to have vehicles. We don't have to have buildings. We don't have to have heating and air for buildings. We don't have maintenance costs and all the other things that go into what you would consider as a normal business because we are a ministry in cyberspace. It's about $200,000 a year for us to be able to function. And again, comparatively speaking, that is inexpensive to other organizations that have brick and mortar and all the peripherals that they need to run that type of business. And so it's a minimalistic approach to doing ministry. It also gives us unlimited mobility because, again, uh, we are not restricted to a community, to a region, to a state, a province, or even, even a country. And so this is the beautiful thing about our ministry. It allows us to grow, and it allows us to accomplish that mission statement, which is to reach every human on the planet with the practical message of Christ. And so we know who we are. We are an equipping ministry. We equip the body of Christ in the practical message of Christ so they can go out and help others. We do it through the redemptive use of technology, which gives us an unlimited reach. Our ministry name, when we started uh, the organization, I think it was Competent Counseling, our original branding name. Now, there is a legal name. Our legal name is the Counseling Solutions Group. But then you have a branding name, and so it's it's kind of like uh, you have a legal name at birth. I did a podcast just recently talking about John Wayne. John Wayne's legal name is Marion Morrison, but his branded name is John Wayne. Well, in a similar way, we have a legal name. It's called the Counseling Solutions Group, but that doesn't have appeal. Uh, We got that name just for legal purposes. We had to be incorporated as a 501c3. We needed a name in the state of South Carolina. And so the one that was available, and this was like the 47th name that I could find, you just keep typing in combinations of words until you find one that's not taken. And the one that I finally found was the Counseling Solutions Group, which I never liked as far as a brand is concerned, so we never used it. And so we branded ourselves, John Wayne. Uh, We did, I think it was competent counseling in the beginning. And then as our ministry continued to grow, people were starting to uh, look for me because I was producing the articles, I was producing the content, and people were asking, where can we find more? And it made business sense to rebrand our ministry to rickthomas.net, which is what we did. And so we began to call ourselves that because that was the shortest distance between two points. Who are uh, I like your stuff. Where can I? I like your stuff, Rick Thomas. Where can I find it? You could find it at rickthomas.net. And so that was simplistic. Rather than getting a complicated Greek name or some other name that people couldn't spell, We made it real simple. The person who was creating content 
Yeah, that that is the place where you go find that content. And so that made sense. And so in 20, 2010, right around there, we rebranded and we started calling the branded or part of our organization, rickthomas.net. Now, let me give you a little personal note here that it may be news to some of you, uh, and it may even be a surprise, but I am an introvert by nature. I am a person who does not like being out front, never have enjoyed. I'm not a talking head, uh, never have been a talking head. I never have enjoyed being a front person. That is not who I am. I am a second person, a second guy, a person who prefers to be behind the scenes. The reason that I do, I'm not a social butterfly. My Lucia is a social butterfly. And people that know us, I mean, they it's, it's just easy to discern, quickly to discern, that she is quite likable, quite enjoyable, quite social, and she's always out there. I, I, I tell people she's just jawjacking all the time. She's just talking to everybody. That's what she does. It's an amazing thing. In fact, when we were dating, I broke up with her because I thought I can't marry somebody like that because she's going to put me in positions that's going to challenge me because I'm an introvert and I don't want to be in those social settings. Well, we have worked through that. and But it's important for you to know that I've always struggled with my name being out there. Uh, when you look at our automobiles, there's not a bumper sticker on them. I just want to be behind the scenes. I want to be, I just don't want to be out in view of anyone. I like being second or even third. That is fine. But I had to work through my passion for the gospel, which was going to be stronger. My passion for the gospel or my temptation to be shy, introverted, or fear of man. And so those were the two tensions. And of course, I came to a place of repentance, asked God to to forgive me and to help me to work through this introverted personality type, the insecurity, the fear of man, the shyness, all the labels that you want to attach to that, all of them would be appropriate. Because of my passion for the gospel was more potent than any temptation to work behind the scenes, I stepped up on center stage because I want to tell people about Christ. And so the best way to describe me is that I am a reluctant frontman for this ministry. And so my natural proclivities have always created a rub with the name of our ministry, I don't like rickthomas.net, never have liked it, but the decisions that we have made, we did not factor my sin into it. We factored in what was best for this ministry, what was best for the gospel, what was best to spread the fame of Christ, what was best to help people. And so we went with my name because, as I said, it was the shortest distance between two points. People read my stuff, Rick Thomas, and they know where to find my stuff, rickthomas.net. But as we think about our ministry going into the future after I am gone, then it became apparent, and I was glad for this, by the way. I knew this day was coming. We need to change our name we need to change our name to something that, one, 
reflects our ministry in a clearer way, my name doesn't. My name reflects me, but it doesn't reflect who the ministry is. And so the first step in thinking through our legacy, how to position this ministry for the future, the first step is that we're going to have to change our name. Now, you can, many of you who follow us, you can already imagine more than likely what our what our name will be going forward some point in the future we haven't we got some work to do before we can get there but life over coffee is the best expression for what this ministry should be called it's the best picture of of who we are coffee is a metaphor that communicates this ministry in the most perfect way for example, coffee, it just it's common sense to how people think about helping others. Two people sitting, this is the way I've always described it, two people sitting in a coffee shop talking about their issues and working through their problems. They are doing life over coffee. Now, for those of you who don't like coffee, you can do life over tea. <laughs> Or life over water. But this idea of coffee, doing life over coffee, just naturally makes sense. And by the way, it's ubiquitous, meaning, well, one, everybody knows what coffee is. But more than that, it also means that everyone can do this. Everyone can care for everyone or for anyone. Now, I realize that there are uh, giftings and capacities. There's IQ. There's skill. There's there's God-given talent. I realize those things are all in play, and so there there are levels of discipleship skill, and I have been very outspoken on that, and many of you know that. But at a very base level, any person, any Christian, can help another person minimally. Some Christians can help other Christians in a more profound and complex way, but everybody can be an encouragement in the most minimalistic way, and so everybody can do life over coffee. And so this idea of coffee is the metaphor that best describes what we can do, uh, what our ministry is about. There is a natural common sense, non-artificial connection between coffee and relationships. Coffee, it has a vibe to it. It connotes real-world ideas. It connotes being personal and relationship building. I am, I am not artificial or pretentious. I don't like the therapeutic idea. I, I don't like I'm not even comfortable with this idea of professional counseling, the way that we do it. Uh, I am more of an everyman, common sense, personal relationship building, practical, non-artificial, connecting people on people, uh, real type ways. And coffee has a way of doing that. Thus, doing life over coffee makes sense. Uh, it does. It's, it's it's easier to explain. Uh, for example, when people say rickthomas.net, then it requires more, exp well, what is that? Is that you? What are you doing? 
But when I start talking about doing life over coffee, it's two people sitting down working through whatever issues they may have. People can quickly identify that brand. They can quickly identify what we are about. And so Life Over Coffee, our new name sometime in the near future, it moves me off center stage. But more than moving me off center stage, it also prepares us to have other content creators. Now, we we have Daniel Berger, who is doing Life Over Coffee with Daniel Berger and Rick Thomas. We've been doing those videos for the past year. We have Brandy Huerta. We have Mark Grant, who also writes articles for us. And so now it's not Rick-centered, or in the near future, it's not going to be Rick-centered, but it's going to be Life Over Coffee. It is a brand identity. We can have more content creators that come in and can start producing, whether it's videos, articles, uh, courses for our training programs and so forth. And so Life Over Coffee brand provides a more straightforward path for people to understand what we are doing, and it positions us as we move forward in the future. And so that's where we are. We do have a name. We have a concept. We have an identity. We have a, a brand. And so we are working to uh, start to evolve the ministry into this new brand, Life Over Coffee. What will change? Well, I'll still, I'll still be here. I'm not going anywhere. I have no plans to leave. The content will be the same. Everything will virtually be the same, but we're making one slight adjustment as we rebrand the ministry. And so that gives you an update of where we are. Again, this is episode 324, preparing our legacy to minister to the next generation. You have been listening to Life Over Coffee with Rick Thomas. If you have a question for Rick, you can let him know by sending him a note through his website, rickthomas.net. That's rickthomas.net. Thanks for listening. Enjoy your coffee.